As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. We are recording this on a solemn Sunday afternoon in Tokyo. Certainly solemn if you're an England fan. Not the result or the performance we were expecting, but in the end, South Africa were worthy winners of the Rugby World Cup. Where did it all go wrong for England? And what next for Eddie Jones? This is The Ruck. I'm Lawrence Delalio, sounding a little bit croaky and jaded. And joining me in Japan for the last time are Owen Slot. Alex Lowe and Stephen Jones. That sounding sparky as ever, huh? Yeah. We're yeah. all right. We're all feeling great. Yeah, yeah. thanks for the invitation, Lawrence. Well, yeah. I don't know what I'm celebrating because it, it wasn't a Rugby World Cup win, that's for sure. What happened? Come on, Slotty. What happened? We, you know, we, well, were... we all got home, you went out, and we, we got our laptops open and started writing for the newspaper. That's pretty much what well, happened. Well, no, it? I know that's what happened, but, <laughs> but that was like three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, we dared to dream, right? It wasn't a dare. It was. It, we'd all been there the week before, and we'd seen an England team play with ice in their veins and deliver the best performance, arguably, an England play, team's ever done. Everyone had a right to, to, to dream, almost to expect. We did expect. We said that on the right last week. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I spent thousands of pounds. I flew my son over. I broke him out of school. Has he paid you back yet? No, no, no he certainly hasn't. You know, as I said to him, you've got to be here. This is going to be one of those moments where you say, "I was there." Yeah. The, the, the thing is, we, we over. It wasn't overconfidence. We, we but, all saw that stunning performance, and you yeah. can't take it away. Mm. If we hadn't seen that performance, say they'd only scraped by, we wouldn't be looking back and thinking it was a, it, that it was a great World Cup campaign. But they did make the final. They took part in the final. But as you said, launched before we came on air, as we say in the broadcasting, they were so nervous at the start. And just at the time when they were trying to get into the game, they lost Carl Sinclair, and the scrum was the ultimate sporting car crash after that. Six penalties. Oh, I mean, you know, you can do a lot of things in rugby. You can analyse the hell out of a game, but if you haven't got a scrum, you can't win a game, can you? No, we, I mean, we, we, also, we all knew what South Africa were going to bring. Yeah. That physicality and, and turn the game into an arm wrestle. We all banked on England having enough wit to, to get out of it. And the problem was that, that they've just they compounded losing the game line, losing the scrum battle with making so many unforced unforced on under pressure. But it just showed that the the box had gotten into their heads. They rattled them, and those that first twenty minutes that they were nervous. They lost Carl Sinclair. They were conceding penalties at the scrum, and they were throwing passes into touch and onto the floor and giving away penalties. And everything compounded everything. And suddenly they found themselves trailing. And in a game that's that narrow, and you're talking three points, three points to play catch up in a game like that is. It's virtually impossible. 
I just wonder, you know, they, um, they arrive for the match 20 minutes late, 25 minutes late, uh, which I find incredible. You know, you have all this preparation for, for four years and then, you know, the biggest game of your life and, and you arrive 25 minutes late. Uh, I don't know how that happens. I, mean, I find it bizarre. I mean, Eddie had planned, he had planned for that. They, yeah. He deliberately brought the players late to the warm-up game against Ireland. Um, which, which went brilliantly which, well. Which, so. which went very well. But as you say, the biggest game in four years and... You know, England said traffic delayed them. Find, you know, even with motorcycle outriders. Well, I tell you, they, they delayed them by about thirty-five minutes into the game as well. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, uh, you know, and it's spooked can, them. Can we yeah. use that? I mean, is, do you think? Well, you'd have a view. Lunch. Is that significant if you miss twenty minutes of your warm-up? You're squeezing a bit of time here and a bit of time there. I mean, well, it's not, it's how, not, it's how early do they normally arrive? Not, like two and a half hours? No, it's, they normally arrive an hour and a half before the game. <clears> right. So, they were out on the field a long time after the box. So, I mean. I've never been in that position, you have, Lawrence, but I would imagine that it's small things that added up. So they, their prep wasn't quite what it was. They'd have got more tense sitting on the bus because they couldn't get out. Then they start the game and they concede a penalty after 40 seconds, which yeah. I thought was a bit harsh, but it, but it was, it was well, given. Well, well, what you say to, what you say then, to the, the referee, Kyle. you say to the referee, if that's the, if that's the way you're going to referee the game, that's fantastic. Thank but, you. Mm, um, but, but he didn't referee yeah. the no, game he didn't. He didn't. at all the rest of the way. And you go, Absolutely. Give me the whistle, shall I blow it for you? But if you have, this is a disgrace what you're doing to, to at the breakdown at the moment. It just felt to me like I, all those small, all those things compound each other. So they're obviously tense arriving. They were nervous going into it. They conceded a very early penalty that was was harsh. They lost Kyle, which I'm sure, which looked to spook them. And then from the, the very the restart after losing Carl Sinclair, Dan Cole got um, got driven back and. and that was a penalty advantage, and all those things just mm. so suddenly their their nerves are frayed, yeah. and that's that's how it felt. I guess I mean I hadn't realised that this is the this was the youngest team to ever take the field in a rugby world cup final, twenty seven mm. years and sixty days, mm. and and it kind of showed in the in the opening twenty minutes. Lawrence, yeah. the reason why you still remain the only team ever to win it is because you were almost all leaders, almost all experienced mm. to a man, and I'm afraid. Bringing a young team to a rugby World Cup final is unlikely to work ever. But the I'm sorry. Thing, thing about <clears throat> this uh, this young team, as you say, is a young team, so that you can well, understand the experience. The player who who showed the most sort of nerves and flightiness earlier on was Ben Young, so who's been there longer than anyone. Yeah, true. I mean that that's he's the guy who should be calming everything down and and putting his foot on it and just saying, uh-huh. listen, we, we can do this. And I mean, it, it was a, it was an incredible sort of contrast to, to, as you say, what we saw the week before. I mean, you know, Billy Vanapola picks up off the base and just throws it into throws it on the floor, yeah. doesn't he? Um, Owen know, Farrell but, has the ball behind the post. They decide to run it. What's all that about? And he throws the ball onto the ground in front of George I know, Ford. I know, mm. it, was, it, was, it was very odd. And I just think they, they just got themselves... Kind of in a, in a situation where, where where they panicked a little bit, their, their heads got a bit scrambled. Mm. Uh, and look, you know, I'm not suggesting that that's not how you know it's, it's happened to me many times in a game of rugby, you know, and uh, just felt disappointed about it. And uh, I guess Warren Gatland, you know, he, I mean, it, it wasn't tongue in cheek what he was saying, and the way that it was positioned to Eddie, you know, probably was that was delivered in the wrong way because um, you know it, it, <laughs> it, it, it sounded it sounded as if uh, he was having a pop. He wasn't mm. having a pop. He was being quite profound actually I think England have played their best game in the, in the mm. semi-final and after the fireworks of 
of that New Zealand match, you know, what what were we to expect? You know, the, 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 a lifetime once in a lifetime performance is not going to happen the week after, as simple no. as that. It, it, it never does. You just hope they, they would have had enough. I did feel so sorry for them because they're, yeah. they're a hard-working bunch. I felt sorry for the fans who came over, everyone back at home. Uh, but, you know, we're trying to analyse why they lost here. We can't just say, oh, well, you know, they lost, that's it. And um, things came home to roost. Lack of experience and also, let's go back four years, they were awful in the scrum in 2015. And they still had Dan Cole from there. He should have been eased out ages ago and, and, and new people brought on mm-hmm. and they didn't do it. Lawrence, I was just calling out the uh, chief sports writer of the Sun, just a very respected Dave Kidd who's out here. Uh, and he said this was a choke of epic proportions. Do you think the word choke is unfair? I mean, I, I'm not sure where sort of nerves end and the word choke sort of becomes applicable because that's no, no. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't call them a team that choke because on the back of them, you know, one, one bad day they smashed the All Blacks the week before. You know, they mm. certainly didn't choke that. They smashed the Wallabies the week before that. So as you say, they just got it horribly wrong. If you're a wise old head, you sit there and go, right, let's have a look at the World Cup history. Um, no team that's ever gone down the tunnel winning uh, has, has gone on to lose the game at half time. So it's really important that we come out. You know, mm. I mean, you know, England do come out of the blocks, you know, very quickly normally. Mm. But well, that's, uh, that's one of one of their signature things, isn't it? They, well, they, they, they get a lead yeah, in the last twelve months. It is, yeah. That that was never more important than 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 that game yesterday. You know, it's the first yeah. tackle, the first catch of the ball. No, you're right. You know, and, and all look, those things were the things they were getting wrong. Oh, yeah, and, and and actually, the time when they they built the pressure and they started to show the game plan that. It looked like Eddie Jones had built for them of trying to of, of keeping the ball alive, moving the point of contact, which you wondered early on whether that's what they were trying to do behind their own line, but just mm. playing it all in the wrong areas and, and panicking a bit. But when they built that pressure and they had yeah. all those phases, twenty six mm. phases, twenty seven phases, and and then didn't get over the line, I, well, I just wondered psychologically how you know they got three points from it, but there were so many moments <clears> in the <throat> game where, where where South Africa won the the, the sort of psychological battle, yeah, I, I, and that was one of them. And that was one of them. I, I remember another one when when Ford launched his huge kick down downfield, and Farrell's chase was brilliant. Forced Lily Larue to, to to take a conservative clearance to touch. England had won 30, 40 meters, mm. and then the box disrupted the line out, knock on, scrum down, box penalty, and they're right back downfield again. And it's like England had won a passage of play and then within two minutes they were right yeah. back down again. And and they could never kind of... Build, get, get, build, never build any pressure. Build any pressure. Really, and the only yeah. time they did, the box defended brilliantly, slightly cynically with, with, with Faf de Klerk coming out offside for the second penalty advantage. But... It worked for them. No, I mean, I, look, I'm not. I'm never. I'm not going to blame the referee because England were, were, were you know, well beaten in in, in a lot of, lot of departments. But what frustrates me with referees and with this guy particularly, you sound like you're blaming the referee. You know? Is no, I'm not blaming him. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just making an observation that coaching players during a game is not the referee's job. Hands off, leave it alone. No, no, hands are on it. Penalise him. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, and he was coaching the, uh, the box all the way through those 25 phases yeah. telling them to leave it alone instead of going actually penalise them and, and yellow card someone because they were cynical there were so many cynical penalties mm-hmm. and he said oh no they only, they only could, they, there was only two penalties no there wasn't two penalties yeah. there was about 21 penalties because at every breakdown they were killing the ball mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and if you penalise Courtney Laws in the first minute for lying all over it, yeah. you've got to be consistent. Yeah, and actually, not long after the Lord's one, Itoji isolates uh, Ibanetsabeth on the floor oh. and has his hands on the ball, and Etzebeth is is 
disrupting it well, from the floor. The Springboks had him in their pocket, mate. And, and, and uh, so, yeah, yeah and, so England, and, and that, that just fed into the sense of frustration for England, the sense this isn't going our way. Well, I felt watching it 20 minutes in, we knew where this game was, Jonesy, was going. Jonesy, we, we, we've, we've praised Eddie Jones because he's been utterly brilliant mm. during this tournament. Mm. Uh, and, you know, he's come up with two tactical masterclass performances um, that his England team have gone out there and done. Just going back to this this tight head prop situation, you can't plan for, for, for everything, but losing Sinclair after two minutes, you know, Dan Cole, bless him, is probably a 20, 30 minute player. He's not a 78 minute player, is he? Mm. And, you know, ultimately, in the one game where they actually needed a tight head prop. Yeah. The problem <laughs> was, was all the damage was done against him when he first came on. Well, it, well he, he, put the, he put the picture in the mind of the, re- of, of the referee in, yeah. for that first scrum. And actually, the next five, there probably weren't all penalties against England. There was probably one that you could have gone, mm, that's, that's a bit dubious, but the picture was already painted. There, there in the were a couple, couple where he folded up totally, yeah. you know. And it, but look, the, the thing is, I mean, there's, not, there's, yeah, there's two. It's not his fault, you know, because he said he's not a 78 minute player. But, yeah, so, but no, that's the point. Just, he's come back into the England side. So, so it appeared last a year ago that, that he was sort of being ushered into international retirement, if you like. He's come back in, everyone praised him for coming back in. But 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 you're absolutely right. He's only ever come on as a sub as a substitute. Uh, in I, I was going through it earlier. He he came on in the in, in the um oh, in the last game. He came on the 46 minute I think because Sinclair got injured, didn't he? But apart from that, he's been like a, a 15 20 minute player. And so so England, I, you know, was that a big mistake of, of Eddie that Huge. he's he's picked a player. Who you just say he's not equipped to play in that situation? When it's there's a, it early was a injury. huge mistake because he's got two really strong tight heads. Got Marla and and, and Vunipola. He knows, at least he should know, that Dan Cole is just not up to it and, and can only play, as you say, a, a certain number of minutes. Mm. He didn't even know that Sinclair was, was going to be as good as he has been. The third prop. The, the fifth prop had to be a tight head, had to be. They've had Ellis Genge here, who I don't think is, is an international player, mucking around doing, doing the water boy job, and, and, and B, where are the people who are meant to be developing players? They're getting paid an awful lot of money. Where's the stream of tight heads? Eddie got it totally wrong in selection, and in, the RFU got it wrong because they didn't produce any players. I mean, I, mean, I know we're, we're kind of you know get, getting into the minute detail, but the, the two areas that, that you know you could possibly say before the, the, the World Cup kicked off scrum half three yeah. were three were the areas that you think we, we've done a lot of things right but have we got that right and, and actually well it, it didn't prove to be the case did it well you you, you take your gambles but as, as Jonesy said well I think we understand why he went for the three loose heads because he thought that, that Marla could cover the, the other side but that was just a gamble that was nonsense because he never brought Marla on the no, other side. No. So that yeah. that is where he went wrong. If you if you go right back to the start of this, he his big his really big gamble, arguably his most his MVP was Jack Nowell because yeah. he took Jack Nowell who was injured, hoping he'd get fit. But to bring Jack Nowell, he had to bring Rory McConaughey to cover him because he didn't have enough um, wingers for the first two weekends, uh, the first two games that were only five days apart, four days apart. So because of that, he, he he took two players that are half an hour between them or something, or an hour or uh, forty five minutes between them. So if you'd sacrificed both of those, you could have brought another tight head in and another another nine. Well, I mean, look, the the, the Springboks have shown us actually that the, the tight five is is you know it's still got a huge role to play in in, in international yeah. rugby. I mean, Mal Herber doesn't really worry about catching and passing, but you know, it doesn't have to. Mm. I mean, he you know he, he earned his money yesterday. He was you know fantastic. Well, it was it, it was a sort of a, a um, winding back the years sort of performance in that you know we see rugby as the modern rugby we think is modern handling prop and everything, 
But the the modern handling prop had nothing to do with the fight with the World Cup final, did it? Yeah, and but, and actually, you know, so you look at that South African lineup and you look at their bench, and they went obviously six two, six forwards, two backs, and arguably their six forwards could have easily been starting the game as opposed to finishing the yeah, game. Sure. And then you look at our bench, and you think, wow. I mean, we haven't got that sort of firepower. Given the way the game went, we haven't got that sort of firepower to bring on the field. But, but uh, as well as the six the six people who got stripped on the day, they had Thomas de Toit, a prop also on two, is 136 kilos. Yes. So they, they they had it covered. Let's let's let, let's talk about South Africa because we've got to give them immense credit for the way that they played. I mean, their back row were magnificent. I mean, how a 34 year old can win man of the match in the World Cup final? I do not know. <laughs> gives that gives everyone hope, really. <laughs> You know, because mm. they they were they were they were they were magnificent. Um, you know, right across the park, there was a lot of discussion around Khaleesi. You know, should he be in the starting lineup? Should he be uh, on the bench? Stuart Barnes was suggesting that Francois Lowe should have started the game, but uh, I mean, good old Barnes, you miss him, don't we? Yeah, we do miss him, but, I, much, I, I, but I do I do feel that they that they were they were driven by a much higher purpose than, yeah. than rugby yesterday. And, you know, having been the underdog myself on many occasions in a changing room, actually rugby has very little to do with the team talk because mm-hmm. you're not going to tell any international player, you know, anything, any pearls of wisdom in the, in the 10 minutes before you, you know, run out for a World Cup final to make them a better player. So that's, I think, I think that's really interesting you say that, Lawrence, because the, because we've, we've written this story about what it means to, to the rainbow nation and, um, their president coming into the hotel beforehand, and uh, Razi Erasmus. I don't know if you um, people at home might have read what he, his quotes afterwards about what it means to the nation, and 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 we've re- reported that. But but I, when I write that sort of stuff, I do sort of wonder, you know, does that actually change the way you play or add extra motivation? Because what you want when you're in the changing room is to win the bloody World Cup, isn't it? Yeah, you do. But when everyone is telling you how brilliant England are, and that you you know, it's, thanks for turning up, South Africa, it, you know. It, it, Great! This is you know going to be the coronation of this you know wonderful new you know young English team that are going to win. Everyone had ripped them off, including the bookmakers. Literally, mm, five to including two the ruck. England, England, England were five to four on, I think, at one point. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, so well, everyone had written them off. So that puts a lot of ammunition in their camp. But secondly, they were in a, a, a mess when Razi Erasmus took over two years ago. A bigger mess than when Eddie Jones took over England. Really? Oh yeah. The, the job that he's done, whether, whether you like the way that they play or not, has been. Nothing short of totally, outstanding. Totally agree. Um, but, but, and also, I do buy the fact that they've got this extra motivation. Their country's on its backside. Yeah. Crime is awful. The corruption of the government is absolutely ginormous. Cycle, say, he was asked afterwards, you know, did you always dream when you were a little boy of winning the World Cup? He said, no. All I was interested in was where my next meal was coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't, even the, that wasn't even the most powerful well, it, speech given after the game. Yeah. You know, Erasmus was talking about pressure. He was asked about pressure. And in England, we've all, you know, we all think felt felt the pressure of the occasion and the nerves of the occasion. And Razi Erasmus said, "Well, you know, pressure's when your family member is being murdered." And Mapimpi was talking about, you know, growing up and watching girls being raped, and that's life. That is that's brutal reality. This is a game, mm-hmm. and I it just it just painted such a stark picture to me afterwards about the mentality they went into that game yeah. with, and they played it. You know, it wasn't they weren't chucking the ball around playing. Sevens rugby, but they were playing a game. Yeah, it was, it was just a game, and they won it, and they won it for. And I think your your phrase a higher purpose. That's what it. Mm. That's sort of what it felt like afterwards, and, and, and the picture they all painted about where their where their heads were. You, you can sort of see why why they were so powerful. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot 
is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If we sound disappointed, it's because we all are. Because first and foremost, well... I mean, I, you know, I'm an England fan massively, and I, you know, desperately wanted to see them mm. win. You know, take no pleasure at all in, in mm. uh, you know, in, in, in what I saw yesterday because it would have been wonderful for me as a World Cup winner in 2003 to be able to go right, share some of that feeling that we experienced 16 years ago because mm. it is it is immense. But um, they will obviously feel devastated. I saw some of the players yesterday, and, and clearly they were. I, I know it's it, it's ended in failure, but but they've taken us on this most amazing journey. Mm-hmm. Which ultimately has ended up, you know, not, not you know the roller coaster as Eddie Jones has called it, you know, and it, and it took the wrong turn at the end. But I mean, they have they have moved forward this side from where they were before the World Cup. I think with with the two performances that I've seen against Australia and New Zealand, you know, let, let let's clutch at some straws here and, uh, and take some positives out of it. You know, they they have been bl- utterly brilliant at times. Um, I would say England have discovered players of of not discovered. Some England players have elevated themselves into sort of the world class stratosphere on this trip. Like you, Jonesy mentioned, Carl Sinclair earlier. Um, I think he, he was superb on this trip. Tom mm. Curry, yeah. Sam Underhill. How Marutoji is not on the World Player of the List, uh, World Player mm. of the Year list is beyond me. Because even in defeat on Saturday, he was he was outstanding, and he's he's been brilliant all, um, all year. And I, I think so. I think England can, will go back with have, having elevated um, some players to, to the top echelon of this at this tournament, which will only drive them forward. And, and they are young. Tom Crowe's 21, Sam Underhill's 23. So, yeah, I, I think there are absolute positives to take from, from this campaign, not just on the field, actually, but these players will, you know, their, their personalities have come through as well, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's particularly important for, just in, in the broader conversation about, about interest in the game and uh, participation and attracting people to rugby, um, it feels to me, having spoken to some of these players, all of them sort of through the course of the last two months, that their personalities have started to come through a bit more in a way that, that they weren't before. And I think that's, it's a different uh, conversation, but it's just as important. Yeah. I, think, I think, Lawrence, I, I, I think they, they should now stop thinking about this as a journey. I don't want to know about the next World Cup until the next World Cup starts. I don't want Eddie to keep on saying the World Cup is all that matters. England have got a Grand Slam campaign coming up, and how good would it be if they if they 
gobble up whole every other team in it. And then suddenly Twickenham is rocking again, back on the agenda. The finances go up. I don't want to hear about the World Cup till the World Cup starts. And if for the next game, Eddie thinks his best tight end prop is 57 years old, he should pick him. Doesn't matter if he's not in the next, next World Cup. Also, Alex, I agree with you about the personalities, but England have got to take the media wraps off. It is media prevention at the moment. And those players, their, their, their characters are coming through, but only slowly. I agree completely with Alex. Uh, oh, I don't uh, agree with me then. No, no, I'm not really disagreeing with you. I, I, I think the RFU's um, policy is effectively hiding their players is, is totally bizarre. And um, I really hope that people back at home have worked well, out... Who's, who's in charge of the, of the... I mean, just name names. Who's in charge of the, of the kind of media policy for Eddie the... Jones. Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. That, that is true, actually. I mean, he has some gophers who won't disagree with him and just deliver what he says. But the, 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 we've had this conversation a few times. I think we might have talked about it here before. You know, when the 2003 your team were walking down the street in, in London, or whatever, people would have gone, "I know him, I know him, I know him," um, because you were all recognisable personalities. And and this team uh, two months ago, I, I think people might have known Marrow and maybe Owen Farrell. But but now there there there's this rich tapestry of personalities and 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 maybe it's because of the drama and the and the, the size of this epic World Cup occasion that they've kind of they they've sort of grown into it and it's just been magnificent to to see. I mean, Alex mentioned Carl Sink. I mean, Carl Sink has just been brilliant, and I yeah. just so hope that people back home have sort of got an idea of that and and who he is and. And well, I mean, you know, you, you, you look at it. Look, he, I mean, his story. You know, whilst it, it's nothing compared to maybe some of the guys in South Africa, it's, it's not a typical, mm. Um, mm. you know, he should white, be the poster white boy. middle class right. elitist English rugby story. He's isn't the it? new yeah. poster boy for English rugby. You know, this it's it's for everyone. It's not a, a white middle class public school boy game. It's it's everyone. And exactly. Carl's Carl's this should be the manager on every picture. Yeah, build it around him. I saw Eddie Jones very briefly last night. I didn't didn't speak to him, but I just saw him from a distance. You know, clearly. He's going to be um, devastated by, you know, what happened yesterday because he, he'll take it all very, very personally. Um, but he's still the England coach, mm. is he? he? He is. He. We've um, we've had a briefing today with the uh, chief executive of the RFU, who confirmed that Eddie's contracted through to August 2021. Uh, he hasn't got. He hasn't worked out what's going to happen after that. And these are four year cycles, whichever way you look at it. Um, but yeah, we've got Eddie for two years, haven't we? At least I. I the, 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 he didn't quite say it in as many words, but the very strong message from Bill Sweeney was he wants he sees this as a four year appointment, not a two year one, and, and they're going to go back and, and have talks and and it, everything he said screamed, I want to give him a contract yeah. extension. I mean, I mean, I have to say, just just looking at the team yesterday, you know, I, I I would be confident enough to say right here, right now, I appreciate what you're saying about I don't want to hear about a World Cup, mm. and I promise this may be the last time I'll say it, mm. but. I do believe that that team, maybe not exactly that team, but mm. that, that England team will play in the next Rugby World Cup final mm. in 2023 because I can only see that team getting better um, and uh, they will learn from that experience of, uh, you know, of what, what, they, what they felt yesterday. And, uh, you know, I, 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 that, the nucleus of that squad will stay together. They'll have to find a, new, a, new, a couple of new scrum halves and one or two other positions, a, a new tighter prop. Mm. But, uh, but the, the, the coaching team will change. Yeah. Um, Neil Hatley's definitely leaving. We we hear that Steve Borthwick is almost certainly leaving. Scott Wisemantle uh, hasn't decided yet, but Australia are very keen to to have him back. 
Um, but I would imagine after what he's done with England, that Eddie Jones would be very keen to keep him. Yeah. But even if he stays and John Mitchell stays, there, there'll be one or two, maybe three new appointments required in the coaching team to freshen yeah. things up and take the team forward. And, and that's that's one of Eddie's important remits now, which he's pretty much ignored for the last four years. Um, it was supposed to bring through young English coaches and, and he hasn't worried about that. He's just gone and recruited the best person he felt for that position. Um, I think he didn't give a crap about that. No, he didn't. Absolutely. It was, it, it, when it, on the first day he was unveiled, it was, you're running the England team and you're, int- you're introducing the next generation yeah. of, of, of leading English coaches. And I just think he just, he, he paid lip service. Well, he did pay lip service. He did. Right? I mean, nothing about that at I all. Mean, I mean, you guys will know Eddie Jones better than most, but I don't think that's a bad thing if he has to bring in new coaches because I'm not sure the way he works those coaches, <laughs> I'm not sure that they can last more than two or three years, quite frankly. He's used 135 players playing for England mm. in four years, which is um, eye-wateringly large number of players, probably more than any other mm. international rugby coach. Um, and you know, he he has this work ethic, which if you're if you're one of his coaches, you know, you have to live and breathe it. And mm. uh, you know, it's okay for Eddie, but I'm not sure. You know, well, that's what that's well, that's the main reason why he's having to replenish his coaching staff. It's not because he, he doesn't want them, but Neil Hatley and Steve Borthwick have both well, not Borthwick's not been official yet, but they've both taken jobs with clubs instead because well, we we can say it, I believe it's because they just they they don't want to work under him anymore. They you've that you've only got so much um, th- yes, yeah, so you've only got so much to give, so much patience, so so many blows. You can only wrestle with with Eddie for so long, and I think they both just had enough of it. Okay. been an amazing Rugby World Cup in this wonderful country. The players have been out here for the best part of two months, as have the media following the tournament. Stephen Jones has been reflecting on what rugby has done for Japan and what Japan has done for the game of rugby. Just a final word from Tokyo. I'm looking out over the great city from floor 31 of our hotel with bags in the foyer ready to depart. The city is not beautiful like Paris is beautiful or Florence is beautiful, but it's still beautiful in the evenings when all the lights come on. There's just these canyons of light from all the tall buildings. It's also a city that works the local transport system and it can take you several weeks to work it out. Always seems to be brilliant, on time, never stopped. And traffic jams are also fairly rare in the city too. It's just been a wonderful host capital and so too all the other hosting areas right across the country there was there was not a single place that wasn't welcoming all of them were sort of odd because culturally we are different to the Japanese and just here and there the cultures crossed and came together and those were the loveliest moments when Japanese families were seen wandering down the street to a match all wearing the jerseys of their opponents that day, which is really sweet. Rugby World Cup made a great decision when it brought Rugby World Cup here. It was the first decision, really, that they've ever made that was completely down to opening up the game, making it bigger, going to a different culture, going to a different place, and it's worked brilliantly. And when you think that people said, well, Japan is not big enough, to hold a World Cup and to make all those profits. Well, 60 million people watched the Japan-Scotland game, that glorious game on television in Japan.
and the numbers and the profits for the World Cup appear to be even better than they were in London 2015. Culturally, it's been wonderful. It has its frustrations, like all strange places, especially strange places where the amount of people who can converse in each other's language is really small. I guess you could say the Japanese are as lazy as the Brits when it comes to learning uh, each other's language and being a linguist. But that was okay, because in the end, I guess, rugby's got universal language, and if you know please and thank you, and where the heck am I, then you're going to be fine. This has got to be the World Cup where the outside rugby world was remembered, and it's got to be the World Cup which pushes away the old guard's grip, the old guard union's grip on rugby, so that it begins to develop in other areas. And I don't think that... Japan is alone in that. I think that it's difficult to imagine a Rugby World Cup in the Pacific Islands, but it is not difficult to imagine a Pacific Islands super rugby team, which would be a start, and able to keep their players and stop them being poached. It's not difficult to imagine a proper Tier 2 division in world rugby, maybe with promotion and relegation, or at least expansion, expansion in the Six Nations, expansion in the Rugby Championship. It's all very well to say, well, we love our Six Nations the way it is. But rugby effectively has gone nowhere since 1987 when the World Cup was played. And unless it's always going to be in its old borders, it must act now so that there are more contenders, so that one day Fiji beat England or Tonga beat Wales or someone beat Scotland from outside the old guard. It's been absolutely wonderful. All those people who are here um, will agree, I'm sure. It's been the trip of a lifetime. Not quite rugby of a lifetime for England, but they did give the greatest performance I've ever seen from them, but then could not replicate it in the final. Everyone got something out of this World Cup, and for that, the hosts deserve a massive vote of thanks. Goodbye, Japan, but we'll never forget. My thanks to Owen Slot, to Alex Lowe, to Stephen Jones, who've done an amazing job of bringing the World Cup to life over the last seven weeks. They've held my hand wonderfully. The Ruck will return in a couple of weeks' time, but that's it from Japan. All there's left to say is, Arigato. Gajaimashita. Thank you and good night. What language, what language is that? Yeah. <laughs> say something in Japanese now. <laughs> VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 